0: Welcome inside Appalachia, I'm Jessica Lilly. In this show, we'll travel to a farm in Clay County, West Virginia, to meet six-year-old beekeeper, Abigail Grandin, who talks about why the bees are so important to her dad. Help
1: help, daddy with um, getting honey. It
0: helps daddy feel better. Abigail's dad, Army veteran Eric Grandin, says he's found therapy through farming and beekeeping.
2: People don't spend time together anymore, you know? They're too occupied with gadgets. It worked in the past. It really did. It brought people together, families together.
0: He learned farming through a program called Veterans and Warriors to Agriculture, coordinated by veteran James McCormick.
3: They defended and secured the country, and every one of these people have a heart, and they know that there's kids in those schools that are not getting a decent meal at their house.
0: You'll find these stories and more this week inside Appalachia. Welcome Inside Appalachia, I'm Jessica Lilly. Can farming help people who are going through an especially rough time in their lives? Some veterans say yes. Today on Inside Appalachia, we're going to meet veterans who are turning to traditional farming for therapy. About 9% of West Virginians are veterans, that's higher than the national average. As a matter of fact, the Mountain State has the fifth highest number of veterans per capita in the nation. And tragically, 20 veterans across the country commit suicide each day, often as a result of post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD.
2: PTSD is something that you think is going to be forever, which sometimes it is.
0: This is Army veteran Eric Grandin. On this show, we're going to get to know Eric and find out more about a program that's helping him find peace and purpose and a way to live with PTSD. It all started with a phone call to an Army veteran, retired Captain James McCormick.
3: It was a four-hour-long conversation. It was as if we were brothers, no doubt, that there we shared a bond. So I could tell that Eric was struggling. And I remember thinking after getting off the phone, I've got to find something for him to be.
0: After that call, a friendship formed between Eric and James and they created a new program that's helping them both find peace and purpose. It's called Veterans and Warriors to Agriculture and it's helped over 300 veterans learn how to farm. McCormick is the coordinator of the program. It was created four years ago and McCormick says it's so popular they get about 30 calls a week. For Grandin, making that call to James McCormick changed his life.
2: This, you know, the the thoughts are still there, the memories. You know, the symptoms. But, you know, I've kind of learned to find a new normal in my life.
0: We first heard from Grandin back in 2014 when West Virginia Public Broadcasting's Ashton Mara visited him. The Warriors to Agriculture
4: program was just getting off the ground.
2: Here sing your, your uh, presents on Let it go, let it go.
4: <laughs> Eric Grandin is the owner and operator of Sugar Bottom okay, Farm in Clay County. I met him and his four-year-old daughter for lunch at one of those small town diners where everything is homemade.
2: You want carrots and corn?
4: Grandin is a disabled Army veteran, serving for 20 years on six tours of duty. He suffers from PTSD Uh, and was deemed unemployable by the federal government uh, after a flashback in 2011.
2: I was uh, dealing with a lot of pain, and it sent me back to my days at uh, Desert Storm. I worked for an interrogator team at the 18th Airborne Corps Enemy Prisoner War Camp, and uh, it's just kind of related and sent me back to February 25th, 1991.
4: As a patient in the hospital, Grandin says you couldn't make him believe that 20 years had already passed and he was no longer in a war zone.
2: And another therapist came in. She asked me what I was doing. And uh, basically I was standing at the wall and uh, just working with my hands and I told her I was doing the mission board, which is what I did. I was uh, I worked in operations also.
4: Grandin had multiple and, uh, responsibilities during his military career, was, but part of it was to it was interrogate prisoners of later. war. Yeah. He yeah. says he did not yeah. torture POWs, but used some severe techniques, like preventing them from sleeping for long periods of time. When he retired from the army in 2009, he showed no signs of mental distress to his family. Grandin says. He hid it until that incident, until his life changed. After two years of being hospitalized on and off and receiving therapy through the VA, Grandin was introduced to James McCormick, an Army vet himself. McCormick was awarded the Purple Heart multiple times, also suffered from PTSD, and was starting a movement, a movement that today is the West Virginia Warriors and Veterans to Agriculture program. Grandin got involved in the program early on.
2: You know, he he showed me that there was something else, you know, and that's what the second chance was, and that's what made a world of difference.
4: Since, Grandin has turned his family garden into a profitable farm, selling at area farmers markets and even to the State Department of Education for their farm-to-school program. But more than that, Grandin says farming and beekeeping have become his therapy— he no longer needs to see a doctor. Beth Ann Earl, a Navy vet who helps run the Warriors and Veterans to Agriculture program, says that's the experience a lot of their participants are having, finding solace in an unsuspected place.
5: I actually had
2: a veteran say to me he'd been homeless, he was, he'd been an alcoholic, he'd been drinking and whatnot, he, trying to recover, trying to reestablish, failing time after time. And it wasn't until he went, it was, he went to a farm, he went to a retreat, he went somewhere and he went out and he was working, planting and cleaning a garden. And he says when he picked up the dirt and he rubbed it all over his hands and arms, he says it wasn't until then that the blood came off his hands.
4: Earl says that was a powerful moment for her. It showed her just what this program could do for the more than 100,000 veterans living in West Virginia. But why? Why is farming, beekeeping, raising livestock, why are they such therapeutic endeavors for these veterans? I pose the question to Grandin.
2: Purpose. Uh, I have purpose again.
4: The Warriors and Veterans to Agriculture program has helped dozens of veterans so far across the state transition from the military to careers or just hobbies in the field of agriculture. For West Virginia Public Radio, I'm Ashton Mara in Charleston. Grandin was the first veteran to go
0: through the Warriors to Agriculture program. Today he's a full-time farmer and beekeeper. His mentor James McCormick started out as a farmer by growing bamboo as well as sorghum, a traditional Appalachian food that's become quite rare in the Mountain State. Sorghum is a type of sweetener that's like a syrup or molasses that used to be grown all over Appalachia. But most of the people who know how to make sorghum have gotten older or passed on. Now, there's a festival in Calhoun County that's going to be 50 years old this fall, but lately the organizers haven't been able to find many people in West Virginia who still grow and make sorghum.
3: And there was a Vietnam veteran who had uh, been the grower for years, and he had unfortunately succumbed to cancer.
0: So they asked McCormick to help produce sorghum for the festival.
3: And I had some sorghum just had started about the time that I met Eric and uh, convinced him, you know, to join with me.
0: The idea intrigued Eric Grandin, but there was one problem.
2: I knew absolutely nothing about farming at the time, so uh, I tilled the ground for three weeks and uh, planted sorghum, and the crop failed miserably.
3: It was a whole lot of sorghum and a whole lot of stripping and a whole lot of seed head cutting. We did okay with it, and we took it down with that. Now, his crop, like he said, didn't do as well, but... Eric had purpose then, and he had a focus and a direction. and You could just see the light that was there in his eyes and then getting him involved in the beekeeping and then seeing that this could be
2: so much more. I made uh, 10 gallons my first year, made 55 my second year, made 22 this year due to the drought, and, you know, my plan is to continue I'm not looking to make a money on this product. I'm looking to bring back some fellowship. Uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, um, to bring back a dying art. It's just like uh, stitching a quilt. You know, grandmas did it all day long. And uh, you know, uh, mother-in-laws still do it. Daughters, not so much. Hmm. So, you know, we're losing a lot of family traditions Here as we progress as a a state, a country, uh, because of technology, you know, it's no longer needed. You don't need those old-fashioned ways when, you know, you can go to a drive-through. But the satisfaction of doing, doing it yourself, growing your own, you know, feeding your family, it's become very important to me.
0: Through the program, Grandin found more than one teacher, including a former minor from Clay County.
2: Him and I are great friends now. He's teaching me the art. This is not something you can read in a book and do one or two times and master. He's been doing it for 30 years. I'm hoping it doesn't take me that long. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, there is definitely an art. If you don't have a good cook, like I say, you don't have a great product. Uh, I have a great product every time. Uh, I have no problem selling the product. Usually, I'm completely out within two weeks. Uh, I sell it during making it. If people see us processing, they'll pull up and say, do you have any? Sure. I mean, the jar is still hot. So, uh...
0: This work has also changed James McCormick's life. He struggled with his own readjustment issues when he returned home after 22 years in the Army, which included two combat tours. He's a highly decorated soldier, having received the Silver Star, the Bronze Star, and the Purple Heart. But now, the former officer focuses on helping his fellow veterans and saving them from despair and potential suicide.
3: And if we don't take this serious, if I would have just hung up the phone on Eric, Or if I would have said, you know what, buddy, I'm sorry I can't help you because we don't have a budget, because we don't have this, we don't have that. If you don't have a budget, then you go pull your own quarters out of your pocket and you make it happen. If it's going to save somebody's life or it's going to give them focus and purpose, what's a few bucks going to hurt you?
0: Since he first began farming back in 2012, Grandin says his business has grown. He sells produce through a co-op called the Mid-Ohio Valley Edibles. Four different county school systems now buy his fresh veggies, including lettuce, kale, broccoli, sweet peppers, and tomatoes.
2: Mostly uh, grape tomatoes. The schools love them for their salad bars. Very labor-intensive, but it's worth it. They defended and secured the
3: country, and every one of these people have a heart, and they know that there's kids in those schools that are not getting a decent meal at their house. And when every one of them that I go talk to And, I mean, we'll get emotional if I get into it too deep. But they can't stand the thought of a kid going home hungry. And they'll go out there. The labor-intensive part about them cherry tomatoes, they know that those kids will eat those. And so they'll put in the time. They won't make a lot of money at it. But they do it because they love what they do. There's got to be love involved in it. There's got to be a love involved in it. And when these children show up and they know that they're eating what he grew, and maybe even his own child's eating it. They take it very seriously. (laughs) Very, very
6: seriously.
0: Recently, the new West Virginia Commissioner of Agriculture, Kent Leonhart, a veteran himself, asked the state to invest in West Virginia veterans. He wants lawmakers to budget $250,000 for the Veterans and Warriors to Agriculture program.
4: Uh, It is so important that we put some focus on this uh, program and properly fund it, because we know, even just in its infancy, of at least eight veterans that say that they're alive today because of the program. We know that can heal those wounds that we can't see.
0: This would be the program's first state budget appropriation if the legislature approves what Leonhardt is asking. But West Virginia's broke. Lawmakers are trying to figure out how to close a massive budget gap. So it's uncertain at this point whether the state legislature will approve the request. In years past, the Veterans and Warriors to Agriculture program ran mostly because volunteers donated their time and did their own fundraising. So, what about federal money? Well, the United States Department of Agriculture gives veterans higher priority when they apply for financial aid and grants for startup supplies and labor. There are also federal incentives available for veterans looking to build their own small business. But navigating all these different government programs can be confusing. And that's one reason mentorship was incorporated into the Warriors to Ag program. On the national level, the 2014 Farm Bill budgeted $20 million over five years for veteran farmers training programs. Organizations apply for the funding through the USDA, but the current Farm Bill will expire soon and will be up for renewal in the next federal budget. Some congressional lawmakers, including West Virginia Senator Shelley Moore Capito, have been vocal about their support to find ways to continue funding these veteran training
5: programs. We want to help and do what we can for those people who put their lives on the line for us, and there's a lot of great volunteer spirit that has really sort of gotten this off the ground, and if we can just uh, capitalize on that, I think it would be pretty, pretty, pretty neat. And It's perfect for West Virginia. Last September, Senators Capito
0: and Joe Manchin announced a grant from the USDA for programs at West Virginia State University to support outreach and technical assistance for veteran and minority farmers. West Virginia's Warriors to Agriculture program is one of the first and most successful of its kind, according to the Farmer-Veteran Coalition.
6: West Virginia has a, you know, very impressive commitment to helping veteran service members, you know, make that transition.
0: That's Lenam Bakam, deputy director with the Farmer Veteran Coalition. According to their website, the national nonprofit organization assists military veterans looking for careers in agriculture. He says West Virginia's Warriors to Ag program is a perfect example of a growing movement of veterans exploring agriculture for therapy, especially in rural communities across the country.
6: In farming and ranching, there is an appreciation for the land. You know, you are part of something bigger than yourself. If you're a farmer, you're raising and growing a lot of food, and that's food that your neighbor, your family, your friends, and people around the U.S. and the world are going to eat. That that's that's big. That's way bigger than uh, yourself. And and in the military, these guys get it. You know, they're part of something bigger than themselves. And so when they can find that type of environment that recreates, you know, maybe what they had at home or maybe what they experienced in the military, you know, they, they, they gravitate towards it.
0: Up next, we'll travel to Clay County, West Virginia, to tour veteran Eric Grandin's farm. There we'll meet his 60-year-old daughter, Abigail, who knows a little something about bees.
1: Do they ever sting? Um, when they're mad.
0: Yes. You're Inside Appalachia. I'm Jessica Lilly. We'll be right
6: back. Support for Inside Appalachia is provided by Concord University in Athens, West Virginia, with career-focused liberal arts education in more than 80 degrees and programs to pursue various career options, not just a single job. More at concord.edu.
2: time.
0: Appalachia. I'm Jessica Lilly. This song, Space Oddity, was written by David Bowie and performed by Wilco during a recent Mountain Stage show. Mountain Stage is another podcast you can find at wvpublic.org. This is
1: ground control to Major time. you really
0: In the first part of our show, we heard from veteran Eric Grandin, who struggled with his own sense of reality after suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. Grandin says he lost his purpose in life after returning home from war. But farming has helped him find a new normal in his life. Grandin says beekeeping, in particular, helps him cope with his PTSD and the stress of transitioning back to civilian life after his military experience. Roxy Todd caught up with Grandin and his daughter Abigail at their farm in Clay County.
1: We are in the truck in Ovapo, and we're at our garden.
5: This is six-year-old Abigail Grandin. She's taking me on a tour of her dad's farm. We
1: have a pretty busy house.
5: Abigail takes me up a steep hill to see the bee boxes that hum with her dad's honeybees. The most important thing
1: for the worker bees is they, they feed the pollen to the baby bees.
5: Abigail has her own protective bee suit, and she loves helping her dad check the bee boxes. But we don't get close to the bees today because of the weather. It's cold and rainy, and as Abigail knows, the bees are likely to sting when they're grumpy. Do they ever
1: sting? Um, when they're mad, yes.
5: Her dad, Eric Grandin asks Abigail to talk about why the bees are so important to him.
1: Help help, Daddy with, with um, getting honey.
5: Her dad leans in to whisper in her ear the other special thing about beekeeping.
1: It helps Daddy feel better.
2: <laughs> the bees are awesome. The, when I work with bees, I'm an, an absolute normal person it takes away all my anxiety. I've learned bees recognize anxiety. So if I'm having a bad day, I stay away from the hives. I've learned if I go into them having issues, they're gonna notice it and I'm gonna end up walking away swollen, which I do not like. (laughs) So when I go work my bees, I flip over a five gallon bucket, sit with them, go through every frame, you know, It may be slower than a lot of people do work with their bees, but I'm not there to rush through the process and just get it done. You know, we're there for each other. I'm helping them grow. They're actually just, they're healing me.
5: Grandin is 50 years old. His struggles with PTSD went undiagnosed for decades. He says he started having symptoms back in 1990, and his wife noticed, but they didn't talk about it for years. He had a major flashback around the time Abigail was nine months old. Now, four years after he started farming, he says he feels like he's gotten his life back.
2: I've met others in in our program that will tell you they have saved their life. You know, bees have saved my life. Agriculture has saved my life.
5: Many of the veterans who have gone into agriculture echo Grandin's claim that beekeeping is therapeutic. There aren't any scientific studies on this, at least none that have been published. But anecdotally, many advocates of veteran farming programs say they've seen beekeeping help people like Grandin. This is how Grandin explains it.
2: Comparing bees to our society, every bee has a specific job in the hive. As soon as a bee is born, and you can actually watch them come out you know, and uh, be born, and they'll turn around and clean up their cell for the queen to come by and lay another egg for another bee to be born. It's a beautiful thing to watch. They work together, 60,000 bees in one colony, one queen. Each one has a specific job. They, they don't argue. <laughs> There's no, you know, second thought to what they have to do to survive. Whereas our society, it's nothing but conflict. You know, he's this, you're that, you think this, I think that. You know, there's no cohesiveness. Military, we have cohesiveness. I think it brings me back to what I used to have. And the harmony, you know, working as a team or, you know, everybody thinking the exact same way to accomplish something. That's what the bees do. And they do it in such a harmonious way, Uh, just the sound of them. If I have trouble sleeping, which a lot of people with, you know, PTS do, I listen to a recording of the beehive. That, That sound is enough to put everything out of my mind so I can sleep.
5: Beekeeping is also something Grandin gets to do with his daughter and his wife. They all have projects on the farm, and they work together and stay busy. And that's another reason Grandon says farming has helped him find a purpose, because it's something he shares with his family.
2: People don't spend time together anymore. You know, they're too occupied with gadgets. It worked in the past. It really did. It brought people together, families together, doing stuff together. And, you know, with the veterans, a perfect opportunity yeah, you know, we, we help each other heal.
5: I just come down here sometimes. Abigail likes living on this farm, too. She likes walking through the woods and through the greenhouses. One of her main jobs is gathering eggs from their chickens, which roam freely around their yard outside. We
1: have chickens. A lot of little chickens.
5: There's also a guinea that likes to perch on their balcony and make a lot of noise.
1: That's the guinea again. See. Very noisy guineas. That's the noisiest one.
5: Grandin says farm life is a lot of work for his family, but he's proud to be able to give his daughter the chance to have space to run and play. He's also proud that she likes working with her parents, raising food that they eat all year long. For Inside Appalachia, I'm Roxy Todd in Clay County, West Virginia.
0: There's the What's in a Name theme music. What's in a Name is a segment here on Inside Appalachia where we explore the history and folklore of Appalachian places. So we just heard a story about a farm in Ovapa, West Virginia. Can you guess how that community got its name? Ovapa is a very small rural community in Clay County. Today there aren't a lot of jobs in the area, but that wasn't always the case. Believe it or not, there was an oil boom in this area in the early 1900s. The word OVAPA is actually a combination of three oil companies, which also happen to be the names of three Appalachian states. So which three words do you think were combined to make OVAPA? We'll have the answer after the break. This is Inside Appalachia. You're Inside Appalachia. I'm Jessica Lilly with the answer to this week's What's in a Name quest. So how did the town of Ovapa get its name? Well, according to an article written by Perry Woofter that was published in History of Clay County, West Virginia, 1989, before the 1920s, the small community of Ovapa used to be referred to simply as Summer's Fork. In 1923, the first oil well was drilled here. After the area was discovered to be rich in natural resources, other oil companies began moving into the area and there were plenty of jobs. As the community boomed with new industry, a post office was built, and the town was named after initials of three oil companies, Ohio, Virginia, and Pennsylvania. Thus the name, o If you know another story about Ovapa or ever heard of another town that you wondered how the heck did they come up with that name, send us a tweet at inAppalachia and we might explore it inside Appalachia. According to the Department of Health and Human Resources, 40% of West Virginians who called the state suicide lifeline last year were veterans. We've covered this issue in other shows, and we'll continue to find out what's being done to help these veterans. In today's show, we focused on one type of treatment some veterans say is life-saving, by doing something so simple as farming, beekeeping, getting outside with their families, and working with their hands. This isn't a solution that will work for everyone, but it has saved some veterans. And maybe sharing these stories will provide hope for some veterans and their families still struggling. You can find more information about the Veterans and Warriors to Agriculture program on our website at wvpublic.org. We had help producing Inside Appalachia this week from The Gravy Podcast. Music in today's show was provided by Dinosaur Burps, Ben Townsend, Dr. Turtle, Michael Hitchcock, the Bing Brothers, and Wilco as heard on Mountain Stage. Our What's in a Name theme music is by Martika and William with Johnson Ridge Special from their album Songs of a Tradition. Patrick Stevens is our audio mixer. Suzanne Higgins edited our show this week. Roxy Todd helped produce. Jesse Wright is our executive producer. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at feedback at wvpublic.org. Find us on Twitter at inappalachia or at Jessica Y. Lilly. You can also address your letters to Inside Appalachia in care of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, 600 Capitol Street, Charleston, West Virginia, 25301. The Inside Appalachia podcast is available on iTunes, downcast, and at wvpublic.org. I'm Jessica Lilly. Inside Appalachia is a news and public affairs production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting.